You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Welcome to another episode of Bible Prophecy Daily. I'm your host this go-around, Jake McCandless. I write and teach for a ministry called Stand Firm, where we help believers navigate such a time as this. And this particular time is Christmas season. This is one of the two episodes I'm doing this month that are my Christmas specials, I guess, if you will. And we're going to be talking about today, we're going to be talking about the government that is on his shoulders and Christmas hymns. Strange mix, I guess. That's the Christmas season, so you need to talk about Christmas hymns and Christmas songs, right? I'm not going to sing them to you. Can't sing, and uh, you you can decide if I can do podcasting or not. Uh, But the government that is on his shoulders and Christmas hymns are songs. And what I want to look at, it's something you know. You're tracking in this. You realize this. But I, I think it's a opportunity to put this in perspective and put it in context, because one of the things I think that we do in modern Christianity is that we're talking about just a sliver of the overall narrative within Scripture. And because we just have that sliver is why dealing with things such as prophecy, such as Israel, such as the return of Christ, the millennial kingdom, dealing with those things become confusing Because the narrative that we present is just a small sliver, and there's probably no greater time that we see this small sliver than at Christmas, maybe Easter, but definitely Christmas. I don't know about you. I can't speak for you, but for me, even though I had the chance to grow up in a great Christian home, in a great church, did vocational ministry right out of high school, yet if you asked me the narrative of the Bible, I would say... Of course, it begins in Genesis. God created everything perfect. Adam and Eve sinned. We do the same thing. Kicked out of the garden. Therefore, need to be saved, restored, reconciled due to sin. We do that because we can do that because Jesus died on the cross, rose again, took our punishment. If we believe, we'll be saved and we'll go to heaven and enjoy being with him forever. Now, that's true. All of that is true. And so where that comes into play at Christmas is because we sinned and we're in need of a Savior on that Christmas day, Christmas night, I guess, right? Again, we can talk about the dates and all that stuff, but just follow along, right? We celebrate at Christmas that Savior coming so that we can be reconciled to God because of our sin and therefore go to heaven and be with him forever. Again, Trueness to all of that, but that is far short of the full narrative that we have within Scripture. And there were hints of this as I grew up, but I just didn't pick up on it. Actually, it just sounded like, sounded screw at it, I didn't quite, quite get it. I think probably every Christmas there was some type of an event at my church or something I went to that would read from Isaiah 9. Isaiah 9, for t- to us a child is born, Right? Well, I want to read that passage. I'm going to start with chapter. I'm going to start in chapter nine at verse one, and skip down to the main two, six and seven. The context, 
of all of this, just to be spoiler, <laughs> is the restoration of Israel and the kingdom. So begin in verse one, nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress in the past. He humbled the land and uses some names, which can point back to Israel. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond Jordan. In verse six, for to us, a child is born to us. A son is given. The government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace of the greatness of his government and peace. There will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord almighty will accomplish this. So every Christmas I would hear for to us, a child is born to us. A son is given. And then there'd be this strange statement about the government on his shoulders. What <laughs> in the world? And then it would get back to the good stuff, the Christmas stuff, right? And he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. But the context goes further into this government. Yet I never got it. It wasn't until a few years ago that this government piece here begin to make sense. So I, I don't know, again, can't speak for you, but I imagine that's the case for a lot of people. You know, that government phrase sure messes up some great greeting cards, right? This is a greeting card type verse for hey, Merry Christmas for to us, a child is born to us. A son is given dot, dot, dot. And he'll be called wonderful counselor, mighty God. Like we don't know what to do with that government thing because we just have that tiny sliver the world in need of a savior, us in need of a savior. We are, and Jesus is that, but he is also the promised Messiah, which means anointed one in Hebrew, or the promised Christ in Greek, meaning promised one or anointed one, meaning he's the anointed son of David, the eternal king who will rule out of Jerusalem forever, who will restore Israel. So as you begin to add in this government piece, the narrative gets larger, right? Because we're not talking about Jesus just coming to deal with sin. He is also coming as the promised one, beginning in Genesis 3.15, who will defeat the serpent. He becomes the blessing that is said will come through Abraham in Genesis 12. 2 Samuel 7, he is this anointed one, this son of David who would have the eternal kingdom. And he would come and restore Israel. He would come and have this throne in Jerusalem he would rule from. He would bring peace, but he would also bring Israel into the fullness that was promised to them in terms of land and in terms of a kingdom. And he would ultimately bring peace. We know this kingdom time as the millennial kingdom. So you can see this one phrase that typically we want to like skip over expands the narrative, helps us understand why prophecy matters, why Israel matters, how the Old Testament is still in the plan, still at play, how the millennial kingdom is so important, how that heaven is far more tangible and real than we make it. So that government on his shoulders is his kingdom, what we call the millennial or messianic kingdom. So I said something about Christmas songs and Christmas hymns. But we sing this stuff. We sing the expanded part of the good news. 
of the narrative, yet we may not realize it. So I want to go through some phrases within popular Christmas hymns and songs. Starting with Hark, the herald angels sing. Of course, that's not referring to an angel named Hark. Here, or sing in that song, glory to the newborn king. Again, we don't really have a problem with that. But we need to stop and think. We talked about him being the savior, but he is the promised king that will rule from this kingdom from Jerusalem. Psalm 110, out of Zion, he will rule. Now, when I wrote my book, Jesus and His White Horse, some of the flack that I got back is, I talk about after Jesus returns, as he returns, he's coronated. He becomes king of the earth. And people say, no, no, he's the king already. Yeah, he is the king of kings. But scripture talks about this physical reign that he will have. So when we sing glory to the newborn king, it's referring to this descendant of David. The first Noel, we sing, born is the king of Israel. No beating around the bush there, right? Joy the world. Let earth receive her king. This isn't just talking about the king of kings, like this elusive term. This is talking about the king that was promised to sit on the throne of David. O come, O come, Emmanuel does a great job of bringing in this larger narrative. We see O come, O come, Emmanuel and ransom captive Israel. Not just the savior of the world, but the one who's going to restore Israel. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, thou rod of Jesse. Wow. Rod of Jesse. Jesse, the father of David, this promised descendant of not just David then, the promised descendant of Jesse, who would rule with an iron scepter or iron rod. Thou rod of Jesse, free thine own from Satan's tyranny. Now, when we talk about own, that, that could be the elect, that could be the saved. But I, I believe it's intentioned here because of the context of the song. It's referring to Israel. Then explicitly it says, O come thou key of David, and come and open wide our heavenly home. We see again, O come Adonai, Lord of might, who to thy tribes on Sinai's height, in ancient times didst give the law and cloud, in majesty and awe. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Right there, we sing it. You'll have people singing that this this month. Yet they'll go join a pro-Palestinian rally, a pro-Hamas rally, pro-terrorist, let's just be honest, rally. We see in angels we have heard on high, adore on bended knee, Christ the King, or Christ the Lord, the newborn King. In the hallelujah chorus, the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord, of his Christ, and above his Christ. He shall reign forever and forever. And I just want to add in there, I've already mentioned this, but every time we sing Christ or Messiah, again, we're saying anointed one and not just a generic anointed one, not the anointed one, you know, in the Star Wars, Star Wars world, but we're talking about the anointed one who's going to sit on the throne of David and rule out of Zion with an iron scepter. So yes, it is true. Jesus is the savior of the world as a Gentile. I am so thankful. As a sinner, I am so thankful. But we need to embrace the full context of scripture. The reason we can think maybe the Old Testament doesn't matter. While we might think Israel doesn't matter today, 
or prophecy is not needed is because we've pulled out just a small section and we may not see a better image of this and then how we treat Christmas, but all along lurking in the songs that we sing and the truth of scripture, we see these hints of a larger narrative. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 